Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Could it be you calling me down, 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 down? That foolish heart turns out to be a beat. All that I am is all that you see. You don't need nobody else, and you're putting this all on me. Forget Welcome to another episode of the Sports Mecca Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Abramo. Today, I have a special guest on the show. His name is Liam Blutman. He is the co-founder of the popular Twitter page, No Context College Football. Liam, welcome to the show. I appreciate you taking the time to talk tonight. No problem. Thank you for having me. I appreciate this opportunity and looking forward to this. Yeah, man. Just to start, the No Context College Football Twitter account, I'm curious how this kind of started and kind of what gave you the idea to start an account dedicated to college football and then like what what were you thinking of like okay let's just call it no context so i watch a lot of college football and then my friend joe who's the founder of this page reached out to me he was like have you seen any of these no context pages that are out there i'm like no dude i have no clue what that is i I have no clue why he's inquiring about this and then he says he has this idea for college football and he had reached out to me because apparently i watch more college football than anybody in his words which (laughs) is true that is very true so that's how it all kind of started and a few weeks there we started the account and blew up i i would have never expected that it had like 10k followers in the first few weeks it was shocking Mm -hmm. so how old is the twitter account right now maybe it could be entering its third or fourth year i'm not sure wow okay because it has seventy thousand followers now like i guess did you ever think maybe three years into the account it'd have 70k no i i didn't think we i didn't think we'd have 10k uh as quick as we did it's it's insane so you did mention the person who was there joe said that he said that you're the most heavily invested college football fan that you that he knows. So, what kind of led you to being a fan of college football? At what you know age were you when you started to watch the sport and become invested in it? Um, I'm not sure. I I was always super into college basketball, and I vividly remember watching <laughs> actual good UCLA teams make deep runs. And then this year happened, so that was cool. But yeah, watching those cool UCLA teams back. And then I my first like college football memory is 2007. That absurd season, the year of the upset, all these the curse of number two, and <laughs> it all started with App State shocking Michigan. Vividly remember the block field goal. I'm like nine years old. I was watching that game live on Big Ten Network. I I remember that so vividly. And I guess a moment like that kind of just stays with you forever Mm -hmm. and kind of propels your a liking for college sports into something so much more than that Mm -hmm. you live on the west coast and you said you started watching ucla basketball do you support the ucla bruins for football yeah that's that's my favorite team 
I mean, I live in Kansas City, so I kind of grew up watching a lot of Big 12 football. The Kansas-Missouri schools, you know, Kansas State. Ironically, like, I started to watch college football, like, because I'm 23, and I watched college football really, like, during the Vince Young, 2004, 2005. And after that, I was like, man, this sport is just absolutely nuts. So, um, I mean, I, I would call myself a Kansas fan, but... When I was in 2000, that's brutal. <laughs> but but in 2007, 2008, I also had just a weird fascination with the Oregon Ducks and watching all their uniforms go out. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm a t- I'm eight, ten years old. I kind of am a little attracted to different color schemes every week. So I'll just kind of roll with them, and then I'll roll with KU as well. So I do support both. But uh, actually, on the podcast, we've actually had former players that play college football at Oregon and for KU. Kind of moving down a little bit, I am interested in what your typical Saturday looks like on the No Context College Football page. Anybody that has an account on Twitter that follows you can go on and it feels like every Saturday, especially during this season, you will have like 50 to 55 like No Context screenshots of games during the during that Saturday. So like, what what kind of goes on? What type of schedule do you have? All right, so living on the West Coast in Las Vegas, it's it's hard waking up and watching three hours of college game day. Like, I wish I could, but I, I can't do that. I wake up at like 7.50 or 8, watch the last hour of college game day, see if there's any good screenshots in, those, um, in that hour. This past season, there were always good screenshots to grab with Corso, with him at his house and all the crazy props they have with. That was great. Um, and then after that, it's just, it's watching a game on TV, and then I have like three or four on my computer. And then I have my phone that I'm pulling up streams for to to get these these screenshots and then i have friends that are saying sending me stuff to post it's it's a good team effort but yeah from like 750 to i don't know pack 12 after dark probably makes it like 11 o'clock at night i'm just watching college football <laughs> and grabbing screenshots betting and uh promoting players trying to get them the the recognition they deserve yeah it's it's all college football on, on saturdays for real so i would imagine you have to have a pretty flexible schedule i guess to do that to to spend all your day getting screenshots and embedding links yeah i mean i'm pretty free on uh weekends Tell me a little bit about the process of actually doing all these, like grabbing the screenshots and then doing all these embed links for, for people that maybe really don't know how to do that. Uh, so there's multiple illegal streams that you can. <laughs> I, I want to say the names because like, if, if I get them banned, that'd be very bad for them and me because now I'm down the stream or live stream. But yeah, so you just go to these illegal streams and then they're like a few minutes behind of the actual broadcast so it's pretty easy to grab a screenshot i just i just pause the stream on on a moment where it happens like if Dabo sweeney's making a funny face <laughs> I'll, I'll wait for that to show up pause it and take the screenshot if there's a crazy play that happened like the louisiana tech play where they're third and goal or whatever and the ball gets kicked all the way down to their own six yard line i'll screen record that and get out there asap yeah that's pretty much it because on your twitter page it says like submissions you know you're open for submissions how many submissions Uh, do you get from twitter accounts that that follow you during the during the week or i guess on a regular saturday 
So right now with like no season, whatever, everybody that finds our page and is following us like recently, so many people are saying us submissions and that's great. The Boise State, the Utah player calling Boise State girlsy state. Yeah. <laughs> that's from like 10 years ago from the Las Vegas Bowl. That was submitted to us a few days ago. So I got put up that yesterday. Like the submissions are so good. And I don't think people realize how many submissions we actually post and how many submissions we have that we don't post. There's so many submissions and, and our fans, our followers truly help us keep this page like growing rapidly and thriving. It's not just Joe and I, it's, it's a collaborative effort for real. You said there's a lot of submissions that you have not posted yet. Are you willing to tell me how many no contact screenshots you have that are in your drafts? We have an album that has 800 pictures and we've been reusing pictures from that. Uh, we reuse those every off season. So a lot of the content that we've been doing recently, these last few months, is just this album and playing these pictures out there every off season. And then I um, to find other pictures, I just Twitter search like from No Context Football, um, No Context CFB. I don't know, like January first to the fourth of 2019 and i'm looking for like bowl game pictures from then november and finding some random stuff from there that's that's another way that i figure out uh stuff to post have you had current college football players or maybe former college football players like reach out to you guys and say that maybe they they saw a few of your no context picks and they liked them or is that not happened before are you kind of waiting on that i wish it happened more i think it'd be really cool if it happened more i forget what picture it was but i know aj brown i think he retweeted one of our pictures i'm a huge aj brown fan so this was dope i want to say it was old mrs tony shark that he retweeted doing something weird goofy whatever cameron people's app states running back just called one of our tweets um today about how he's a running back to um watch this year big fan of his shoot who else? i know there's others i can't think this is very annoying there's so many players that follow our account too teddy gallagher from coastal carolina mm-hmm. huge fan of his he's got great twitter presence he's been supportive of us I hope Coastal goes out there and wins the dang national championship <laughs> this year. Sure, might not happen. We're hopeful, very hopeful. Alabama's not, we're, we're not scared of Alabama. Why can't Nick Saban just have the guts to play on the teal field, man? That's the question everybody's asking. Why won't <laughs> Saban go to Myrtle Beach? I don't know. <laughs> you Very saw... cowardly. <laughs> He's a coward. I just remembered, like, the big... The BYU Coastal Carolina game and all the players, were, all the players were wearing like mohawks, and you saw like Zach Wilson just got absolutely just like destroyed. destroyed. Gunter, oh my number god! Number ninety four decked him. <laughs> oh my god! Mormons <laughs> versus mullets. That was that. Did they make a shirt for that? They did. That was someone that follows our page. Um, he's the guy that made the shirt, and I was helping him. Uh, I, I hopefully he got some sales from our retweets. I was trying to help him out. So, do you guys make any money off these uh, screenshots? Or I mean, considering you guys I have wish. seventy thousand followers, I wish. 
I'm trying to figure out how how we could do that because I'm I'm trying to figure out how to monetize without being super annoying and lame about it because I don't want to go out there and put out lame ads that have nothing to do with our our brand. Like if I go if there's like an ad I put out that's about like just something that doesn't you you know like toothpaste. Very random. I have no clue where I'm going with this. But <laughs> if it was easier to make money, I would. But I don't right. want to like, do it if it affects the quality of our page. Mm-hmm. So I kind I want to promote like our follower stuff. And like if somebody has hats they're trying to sell, I want to team up with them and help them sell hats. If they like give us a little money to help us help right. them, like right. that's something I want to do. So focusing more on the actual no context itself, it's a good time to maybe both of us can kind of discuss our no context hall of fame. I have five picks, five no context picks. I feel should be on the Mount Rushmore of the no context page. And I figured you would have another five as well. I'll, I'll kind of start with you, which, t- which five that you've maybe have posted before, just you're constantly looking back on and like, wow, what a moment. Our, our pin, tweet reggie bush and president bush that's probably our most successful tweet that comparison the absurdity of it kind of it's so perfect for college football and the incredibly odd and weird sport that this is that that was shown on broadcast that's up there my mind when i think of our page always goes to this bizarre i think it was louisiana tech everything's louisiana tech they have so many odd moments um it's a dairy queen blizzard racing a soft serve <laughs> ice cream and the blizzard is out in front and the soft serve falls and the score of the game is on that screenshot it's so perfect and weird i love that one so much there's there's one of eminem in the yeah, podcast the, booth with Kirk <laughs> That was the the Michigan Notre Dame, I think. Yeah, that was, yeah. His face is so like he's so clearly dumbfounded by something, and Herb Street's face is great. I think I I want to say it's Musburger that's there with them is also making like uh, a dumbfounding face. I think that one's perfect. Hmm. Gotta go with Cheese It's Bull. Uh, <laughs> any screenshot from there, whether it's the TCU Cal game or most recently Air Force pouring Cheese It's boxes, like boxes full of Cheese It's on, on them following the game, the Cheese It bucket. That was good. <laughs> I think there was, uh, was it the Idaho Potato Bowl? Someone, the coach yeah. got like doused French fries? Yeah, uh, Ohio doused. <laughs> um solich in five it looked like five guys i don't know i think it was five guys doused them in five guys french fries and (laughs) french fries this is french fries got onto the field and they had to like push the french fries off they had to pause the game to get french fries off the field i i don't recall if there was a penalty or not there might have been i'm pulling up the uh the bush the bush one and (laughs) it's just so like george w bush years of years with team four position conservative uh seeking second term and then the reggie bush position tailback seeking end zone (laughs) It's so bizarre. <laughs> I think that pin tweet is like 5,000 likes or something. Uh, it's <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. Do you have any more? There's so many. I'll just, they're going to hate me for this, but I love their fan base. Just Tennessee fan, just anything. Insert Tennessee fan here. There's 
literally thousands of screenshots of Tennessee fans that are so brilliant, so brilliantly captured that we have put on our page. And I don't know if one rises over another <laughs> one. They're all so good. And it, 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 it comes in their pain, but it, it brings us so much joy and they should be, <laughs> they should be happy that they're bringing us all joy. I ain't think Tennessee is literally perfect. Is Tennessee the very few, I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't say very few, but just is that one of those programs that you just constantly feel sorry for? To an extent. I, I feel sorry for them that it keeps happening over and over and over again. Also, like, getting to see Georgia State win at their place <laughs> is pretty dope. And I'm sorry that it comes at their expense, but I don't think it was going to be coming at Florida's expense or Alabama's expense. Or, like, I'm sorry that it had to be them, but... <laughs> Yeah, I do feel bad for them. Maybe one day it can't be Alabama. Right. So I would say that the no context picks, some of them you that you said, like the, the, the Bush comparison, that was like number one on my board. I'd say the Marshawn Lynch, when it says favorite uh, book, The Cat in the Hat. That's a classic. That was mine. It feels like the, the Michigan fan with the Surrender Cobra just oh, will not... That one's iconic. It's iconic. And then yeah. you got to also talk about just the call that was made. Oh, my God. Yeah, trouble with the snap. The ball is free. <laughs> the, you're right. That one should be on mine, too, because that truly is one of the most iconic recent moments. It, the, the reaction, the call, and the play that unraveled. Yeah, that's got to be up there. The cheese of bowl is obviously iconic. The seven points, interception six. I think there was another one that was included. I don't, I think it was that cheese of bowl, the cow quarterback. It was like they had a graphic, like I think it was like the oldest quarterback to never make a start or something. It yeah. was, that was a crazy one. It, he was the <laughs> oldest quarterback or longest tenured whatever quarterback to never start at his school without like transferring or something. <laughs> And the other one was the opposing quarterback of TCU, Grayson <laughs> however you say it. So random. The fact that this sport has stuff like that happen, and it's like, oh my gosh, that's like shocking. That happened. But then one day, like say that's a Friday night game, then you're watching a game on Saturday the next, and you could have a moment even more random. Just one of the screenshots I just thought of was um, Louisville had players out, and they had their injury report and it's like bruised hamstring, uh, broken arm, gunshot wound, gunshot wound, concussion. <laughs> like what? <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> oh my god! I guess the the last one that I would say deserves some recognition is good old Frank Beamer putting his hands up in the air. <laughs> When it was zero zero at the end of regulation with their game against Wake Forest. What a classic moment. That's good. I like how there's been other ones like that. There was Matt Rule. Um it was six to six or nine to nine and he did some weird reaction, like put his arms up and had like a really odd face. A lot of unpacking with the no context picks, kind of about the channel. Moving on to just the bulk of college football. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on first being the college football playoff. The college football <laughs> playoffs right now is at four teams. What's your thoughts on the four teams? Do you think it should be expanded to? I know the proposed was to twelve. Do you think twelve is too much? Eight is maybe a good number. Um, 
I don't think four is enough, and I think 12 is entirely too much. I think six or eight, to me right now, six or eight looks perfect. And I am not thrilled about 12. I don't think we should be potentially rewarding um, mediocrity, essentially. I love bowl games. I love New Year's Six Bowl. I love every bowl game. Who am I king? I love the thing Myrtle Beach Bowl as much as the Sugar Bowl. But I don't think that... Just don't like the idea of like a nine and three team out there in a twelve team right. playoff to get smoked by thirty or something. Like we already have a four team playoff where Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State, etc., and LSU <laughs> go out there and they beat a team in a four team playoff where you're, you're taking the supposed four best teams. They're going out there and they're slaughtering them. Like right. why should we go to twelve? It's not. <laughs> the same as the NCAA tournament in college basketball. These two tournaments and, and, and are so significantly different. You're not going to see upsets or in, in parody like the college basketball tournament. I don't, I don't like going to 12. I don't think that there would be much parody. I, I, I think you're increasing injury risk for players because they're not even getting paid, and now they're having to play extra games. If you're like the 11 seed... You should be, and you're now having to actually play in the playoff where your team's probably going to get smoked, and now you're increasing your risk of injury and the potential opportunity you have to go to the NFL or play professionally in like Canada or something. You're risking that for your teammates and stuff, but you're probably not going to win. And like you could have been playing in in a solid bowl game and just saying out and that's cool and all like, I have no problem with people saying out. I don't want to see people get injured in mm-hmm. 12 team playoff right. for no reason. Yeah. When they don't get paid. I think we're at a point where with college football right now where it might not bother people like us because we've been watching it for so long and really enjoy the sport. We're kind of just how obscure it is, but for maybe yeah. those people that are watching it, maybe for their, for the first time or just brand new to the sport, Watching the sport and seeing how like top heavy it is and how it's really lacking for parity, where you just have the Alabamas, the Clemsons that are winning the national championships, and then you're getting the occasional, you know, Ohio States that are playing for the national titles. But it's a, essentially this four team system has created kind of that same set of four teams over and over again. They and cycle, it, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like if you were to expand it to maybe, like, I think eight is at the most, like, what you got is the best you can get. I think the six used to be the NFL format before they moved it to seven this year. I thought, I think six is kind of like that perfect spot. Yeah. I know some people are like, well, we shouldn't have teams getting buys because that's really never been done in college football. But I feel like you, you get six, you have your five power conference champions, and then you put either a group of five if that team is really good, like, for instance, like a Cincinnati or a Coastal Carolina if they're undefeated, or I guess it would be just that wild card team. If you move it to eight, I think you're going to have to cut out a one regular season game. Because in a lot of these situations, the conference championships, I mean, it's just it's just kind of that extra game. And most of the time, the team who is favored to win, like the Alabamas, the Clemsons, they're winning these games anyway. I, I agree with you that six should, should be it. If you had six teams in some years, now last couple years, I don't know if you would have had like six teams that could realistically win the national championship. But there were some years in that first year of the college football playoff, like 2014, where Ohio State was the four seed and they won it. 
Well, they kind of they kind of were very fortunate to get in over TCU. But if they had maybe a six-team format where TCU would have gotten in, and then maybe another school from the SEC or whatever would have played, I think the twelve is too much. You're going to get, like you said, a lot of blowouts, just like we're getting now in the semis. Uh, good old Oklahoma is going to be in these barn burners where they're giving up sixty points. <laughs> It feels like every semi, except for the Rose Bowl, Oklahoma's been in. It's just been a, a slaughter. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I wonder why. I think it starts with that defense. Man, I'll, also, I do have like a bone to pick with Oklahoma. I have nothing against him or anything, but Lincoln Riley, man. Like, he's so good. He's great. Lincoln's great. But I gotta, he needs to stop being a bit of a coward. When he's out there, I how many dang field goals I gotta watch Oklahoma kick from the the one the two yard line how many fourth downs is he gonna punt and and kick field goals on when it's like fourth and one fourth and two fourth and three he's an offensive mastermind and Oklahoma's offenses are so good and he's like that yeah I just don't like that from him I want to see him be more aggressive right I do think the defense especially for him is really what maybe has cost Oklahoma from playing for a national championship because how how that twenty seventeen team with Baker Mayfield did not beat Georgia and get to the national title game is kind of beyond me because they had that was probably like Lincoln Riley's best team at Oklahoma yeah. and th- that offense was out of this world but the defense and that's been c- consistent with him since he's been there the defense just doesn't have the athletes to match up with these offenses and it's an offensive game in, in today's college football. I think it's better to have an elite offense than an elite defense. Now, there might be people out there that could still say, well, you know, defense wins championships. I can get what those people are saying, but look how Alabama is just putting out a wide receiver factory. Look how Ohio State is putting out just running backs and wide receivers are constantly in the league. I mean, look at LSU. Speaking of offense, I kind of want to get your opinion on this. 2020 Alabama, 2019 LSU, which offense is better? Oh man, you have to go with LSU. It was it was just historically good, and Burrow was Burrow put up one of the best seasons of all time. I don't know. I feel like you have to go with that. You definitely Bama wins that running back Najee, no question. Receivers though, you st- you have Jamar, you have Terrace. Who who else was out there? Dang it. Well, you got Justin Jefferson too. Yeah, Je- why can't I think of that? I just drafted him in fantasy three days ago. I can't think of his name. That three-headed monster of Jefferson Terrace. I'm a huge fan of Terrace. I think he's severely underrated and going to have a good NFL career. And then Jamar, that's that's too good. I'm And Bama's playing out goons at receiver, and I just don't think it could compare to a literally historic generational offense that we saw with Burrow and the three-headed monster. Yeah, and that just shows you just how offense is dictated. You're not putting 40 points up in a game, you're not winning. And that's kind of what college football is right now. People can complain about maybe back in the day of watching the Big Ten go first to 20 points. Like, it's a different game now. Transitioning into kind of the last section of the podcast. Changing this up a bit. We're going to do a little quick draft here. We're not going to go every position because that could take forever. We're going to just do quarterbacks, skilled positions, which we'll lump in with receivers and running backs. And then we'll go with defense. So you got to pick top five of the quarterbacks, in your opinion, entering the 2021 season. And we'll just go back and forth. 
I'll let you go first because I'm interested in some of your thoughts on the quarterback. All right. Um, Got to go with the lover of chicken, big chicken nugget guy, Sam Howell, North Carolina. <laughs> uh, I think he'll be the, the first overall pick. I'm going with him. I'll go with Spencer Rattler of Oklahoma. I have to throw some representation to small school guys. So Malik Willis of Liberty, Carson Strong of Nevada. And then I'll go with I'll go with DJ of Clemson. You, I don't want to say his last uh, name. DJ, like, DJ Yes. DJ QB Clemson. Gotta go with him. <laughs> Huge fan of his. And then an honorable mention to Grayson McCall, who is mastering that triple option concept at Coastal. Okay. Very close to my top five. By the way, I think I heard in that Orange Bowl broadcast that Sam Howell's big chicken nugget guy. He's big chicken guy. Apparently it's all he eats. <laughs> I heard Al Michaels eats like a steak a day. <laughs> I don't know how true that is. I heard like Al Michaels has steak, and now we have Sam Howell who just eats chicken. Spencer Rattler, Sam Howell. I personally think Spencer Rattler. You know, it's funny we talked about Oklahoma, and they're just like Lincoln Riley. But once again, another quarterback that Lincoln Riley is going to somehow produce. But well, th- this one's actually he he got you know he, he recruited you know Jalen Hurts and. Kyler Murray, he got through transfers, but I think Spencer Riley will win the Heisman this year. Uh, I don't think that's really a hot take. I, I would say those I two. I'm glad you put Malik Willis in. Malik Willis was so underrated. Heisman dark horse. Yes, last year for Liberty. Auburn is probably wondering, what the heck did we let this guy go? Because now they have Bo Nix. And I would say Malik Willis is better than Bo Nix. Uh, no offense to Bo Nix if you're listening to this. <laughs> I think Malik Willis would have definitely elevated Auburn's offense if he was still there um, yeah but Bo Nix huge fan of his he helps produce some really good content for <laughs> no context college football with some of the plays he makes the stats that go up in his games low scoring weird games weird scores <laughs> big fan of Bo for helping us out whether he knows it or not um by the way how about that Liberty Coastal Carolina bowl game though that game was amazing it was so good it was so good people gotta start respecting uh, group of five plus independent Maya's Notre Dame. Uh, they got to start respecting small school football more and basketball. It's so good. Yeah. The two other ones, Matt Corral from Ole Miss, I think is going to be a really good quarterback this year, potentially first round pick. Uh, and then Desmond Ritter. You know, Desmond Ritter had a little of a kind of underwhelming Peach Bowl, but overall, that entire season for Cincinnati, he carried them. And I don't know, Desmond Ritter just has that feel to be a really good, in terms of the draft, I think he can maybe be like a second or third round guy. In terms of college, I think he's one of the more exciting guys out there. Definitely agree. Skill positions, which would include running back and wide receiver, I'll list you my top five that I think will be the best of the best. Brees Hall from Iowa State would be my first guy. I think Brees Hall was just absolutely fantastic this year. And he's back. Brock Purdy's back. Iowa State was able to beat Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. That entire team playing the Big 12 Championship again next year. I think Brees Hall, in my opinion, is the best running back returning. There's other candidates. Like, I would say Tank Bigsby is my other guy. That's the only other running back that I have. Tank Bigsby He's had, tough. Dude, Tank had, like, a damn good freshman season at Auburn. Those two definitely would be up my list. I'm trying to not be biased with kind of picking all the top schools here for like my three wide receivers, but I'm just going to have to say it. Justin Ross at Clemson, John Mechie from Alabama. This one, 
might surprise you, Traylon Burks. I feel I like Burks a lot, for, though. Yeah, for Arkansas, he's gonna have a good year. I I wouldn't say that it's too big of a drop off between those four and then Traylon Burks. I think Traylon Burks can can get up there. I don't know. What, what's your f- five skilled positions? I, I love Mechie. In addition to Mechie at Bama, I'm looking forward to seeing how Ja'Cory Brooks progresses and, and becomes. But I'm going with Garrett Wilson. Huge fan of his. think he's the top receiver um, in this upcoming draft. Going with Romeo Dubs from Nevada, who I think is going to become more of a complete receiver and just dominate this year. Kayshawn Boutte at LSU is a freak. Like that guy, that dude is disgusting, and I feel bad for myself looking down the road in a few months that I have to watch him torch UCLA. That, <laughs> that's gonna stink. Jameer Gibbs running back at Georgia Tech. I'm very surprised that he's not talked about more. I think he's one of the most electric players in the country. So, what is that? That's Ute, Gibbs, Wilson, Dubs. So, I have a fifth. Hmm, that's tough. I kind of just want to be small school biased and now say Cameron Peoples from App State. Right. <laughs> think he's tremendous and the scheme he plays in benefits from him. Tall benefits him. Taller running back, very powerful, long strides, good long speed, great acceleration. Can run for like six, seven to carry with these. I think he's he's a monster, and I think more people need to know his name. Yeah, App State's been producing guys, man. I mean, they had Darrington Evans, you know, Zach Thomas, who I believe graduated. Last Last year, moving to the defense number one, it has to be Kayvon Thibodeau. Kayvon was just an absolute freak. Game against USC in that weird Pac-12 championship game. We're gonna remember how Washington had a better conference record than Oregon, and we're, and then we're gonna look and be like, Oregon made the conference championship, <laughs> which is gonna be so crazy. But keeping that Cincinnati ties together, just like I had with Desmond Ritter, I'll say Ahmad Gardner. He's nicknamed Sauce Gardner. Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame, could be one of the best safeties this year. Derek Stingley, I'll probably say, is up there. He, he kind of regressed, I thought, as, as a sophomore, but his freshman season was like one of the best freshman seasons we've seen recently from a cornerback. And then I'll go with probably Hakeem Garrett from Ohio State. I'm not being too kind to the small schools here. I guess Cincinnati's not a big-name school, but... Four of the five are big name schools. I don't know. I think those guys are all going to be potential first rounders, maybe early yeah, second. For sure, we we have common picks. So I'm going to try and not use the same five. Stingley, definitely. Uh, I still think he had a really good sophomore season. Like nobody was testing him. Still, he's up there. Kair Elam at Florida, I think is going to be one of the biggest risers of any position this season. I think he's going to put himself in the top 15 of the draft. I think that kid is is an absolute baller. Kayvon Thibodeau, obviously. I said Sauce Gardner, right? I think so. I know you did. Uh, Trent McDuffie from Washington, a, cor- a corner I think is slept on. And then, where is he? Brandon Joseph from Northwestern. He's a stud. And, and that's what's like, it's, it's hard for the defense because you got to narrow it to five guys. But if we had to do like every position, like D line, linebacker, corner, safety, man, we would be going off for another hour. But um. yeah, I, as safety, <laughs> Rashad Wisdom from UTSA, Texas San Antonio. Not many people know. But in my opinion, he's the hardest hitting player in the country. He's he's a he's one to watch. UTSA also produced a really good running back this year, Sincere McCormick. Yeah, he'll have a dope year too. Yeah, they're a really fun team. They still play in that dome, the Alamo Dome? Yeah. 
And they have to, they had the best nickname, Roadrunners. So fun to watch. I, I loved watching them in, in last year's Rona season. They were super fun to watch. They gave BYU, what, a 28-3 game? Yeah, UTSA was was competitive against BYU, but man, that style was fun. But that's kind of the good part about college football is you get so many, so many good players that come from these smaller schools. If you just watch it for just like the top teams, you don't really see it. But if you're a dedicated fan like you are, Liam, then you're going to see all these different athletes from these different schools. I guess one last thing before we end the show, other than the No Context Twitter, are you thinking of maybe branching out to Instagram or different social media platforms? Um, I never saw the point of Instagram. I, I was always just like, from when I was younger, I was just like, I don't get the point of Instagram. Like, it's just a picture, man. Like, just tweet it. <laughs> but we are on TikTok at no context CFB. Trying to get that. I need to post more to it. Trying to get that to become something. Maybe something we use more in the season. I'll, I'll see how that goes. And maybe branch out into the podcast game this fall. Maybe we'll do that and have have you back on there oh yeah man definitely wouldn't mind that you know you guys do such a great job and thank you i've been a loyal follower for probably a year and a half now and i was like what the heck is this twitter channel like this twitter account is just so random but i love it super random (laughs) you're at 70k you kind of have a goal of what you want to get to once the 2021 season kicks off by the start of the season, I think 80K would be nice and then push into triple digits during the season. I, I think we could really make some noise and I have some big ideas that I want to get going and I want to I wanna push merch out there. Like, I so desperately, I know people want this. I want a meme of the month shirt where... Our followers vote on the best meme that there was. Well, if it's the Michigan Surrendered Cobra guy, and then we could get that on a shirt and sell it (laughs) for like $20, $25, something cheap. And then it's got our our Twitter handle somewhere on it. Like, I think that would be incredible and a good way to to grow our page and this brand that I think could really become something. Mm -hmm. We need to do that. We really need to do that. You have any uh, ideas of possibly getting the attentions of Kirk Herbstreet and maybe Chris Fowler? Maybe you guys need to do a no contact sign at uh, college game day. It'd help if they came out to the West Coast a little more. (laughs) They are always on the East Coast. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll figure out Somebody's going the game day on town. Bring a no context CFB sign. Get, get our name on there. That'd be dope. Love the love the sign. No context images at game day. There's so many good random ones that are out there. For sure. Well, Liam, I really appreciate you taking the time and talking about the randomness of your uh, Twitter account. Once again, if you're first time listening to this podcast, we are all we are on all podcast platforms apple Podcasts, spotify and soundcloud so if you have all those you can listen to us hopefully you can learn more about no context college football but you know once again liam thanks for providing the insight yeah thank you i appreciate it